0: Comics! Comic books. An art form early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude, <laughs> we can make them better than they were before. Better. Better. Hello. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) If people listen. Some people
1: who listen to us may not be lovely. They may not be people. We could have cats listen to this. That would be cool. Dogs. Dogs could listen. Yes, alien beings from another world. If dogs did uh, did listen to us, they'd go barking mad when you started singing. Oh,
0: there is nothing wrong with my singing that a good voice coach and some actual ability to sing wouldn't fix. I believe you believe that. I believe, I believe that. (laughs) Oh, welcome to another shiny, happy episode of Hey Kids Comics. At this present moment of time, I've completely lost count of which episode number this is. Because over the past couple of weeks, not only have we done three Blackest Night shows, we've done our review of Thor. Which was very good. You should listen to it and watch it. Well, the podcast was very good or the film was very good? Both. As an addendum to our review of Thor. Yes. Which I didn't think about at the time that we were actually discussing it.
1: Yeah.
0: I was a bit disappointed they didn't use Thor speak. Was you? Yes. They didn't even have a, I say thee nay! I was quite disappointed with that. Was you? Um, we haven't actually ruined the film, though. At
1: least I don't think we have. He could have actually completely ruined it now.
0: Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen Thor and I've just ruined it for you, I do apologise. You're probably not. Anyway. But anyone who could have pulled that
1: off... Yes. ...it would have been Kenneth Branagh. Because he's Shakespearean actor. Would he be that dude in that Much Ado About Nothing? Yes. I I saw that film. It was crap. And he's done lots of Shakespearean stuff. We did the play and I was um, Keanu Reeves. (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea that Keanu Reeves was in Shakespeare. Uh,
0: Excellent, dude. (laughs) Excellent. Oh, is this a dagger I see before me, dude? Excellent. Yes, very good. Anyway, so I'm Andrew
1: Leyland and I'm Michael Leyland and together we are Hey Kids Comics. Oh, yes. I would have said together we are two dudes. <laughs> oh, dear me!
0: If this sounds like we're vamping for time, yes, we are. It's because we are. We've had this plan for God knows how long. These notes have been written for God knows how long. We've just sat down to record the third and final, finally. Part of our Blackest Night trilogy. Our final crisis. Our final crisis. And you know <laughs> what we've for discovered? Time. For time. Michael has not made any notes at all. Keep him stalled. He's not done a story synopsis. He's not done notes on the issues that I have to do a story
1: synopsis for. Good job, keep it up. We're doing this for you. <laughs> oh, God. Um, editing the podcast might have got
0: in the way Michael's hoping that in editing this he can turn what's the phrase turn an atrocity an atrocity (laughs) into gold or something like that so we're gonna give it a go and here we go and here we go um predictably first up is you (laughs) not done his preparation
1: boy right we here we, we go here we go here we go again right Green Lantern issue 50 the 50th issue of Green Lantern not stalling for a time no in no way whatsoever the 50th anniversary of Green Lantern well Cop. it's not really the 50th anniversary is it of Jeff Johns' Green Lantern yes okay issue fi- yes I've said that issue Parallax said that. Rebirth Part 1 yes so just my luck I do the first two issues yay in a now empty, well, I say empty, but it's pretty empty except for the fact that there's loads of zombies in it. And all the people that live there are dead.
0: Well, no, they're not dead because it says there's a population of 2,765,321 in Coast City at the moment, which is the all city the without
1: fear. It is all the zombies. No, it's not. There's just regular people there as well. Coast City is overrun with zombies. Yes. They're, they're now completely full and newly re corpse. What would you say when the dudes t- turn into core members? Um, I would say that the rings have selected
0: heroes to be members of the core. Some of which have ended up being blue and yellow and green and pink and red and yellow and pink and blue. But also selected have been the Batman villain, the Scarecrow, and the Superman villain Lex Luthor. Oh. Implying that the rings don't actually have any brains...
1: When they choose. Well, what I meant was, and then now newly completely formed light team show up to kick some ass and chew some bubblegum. How many people want to kick some ass? And they're all out of bubblegum. Yes. The Blue Lantern, The Flash, and Saint Walker are attacked by Firestorm, but... Dead Firestorm? Dead Firestorm or Alive Firestorm or Dead Other Firestorm or the Firestorm I suppose
0: at this point we should say there are spoilers for Blackest Night and um, if you haven't listened to the other two
1: shows why the hell not? Why are you listening to the third one if you've not heard the other two? Uh, Every show is somebody's first. Yes but why would you listen to part three of a three part I don't know
0: maybe they've just come on Facebook and seen that we plug in the podcast and gone, ooh, that looks like a jolly good podcast. Oh, look, part three. Yes, I will listen to part three before I listen to part one and two just to see if I like these two British dudes. Listen to part one first. Maybe they don't know where part one is. Well, if you look on aplayland.podomatic.com Stop yeah. vamping
1: <laughs> and tell me what happens in the story. So um, Jason Dude Jason Dude who is 50% of the alive Firestorm Yes is trying to escape from so the, the dead Firestorm So the dude that is inside dead Firestorm who is was once part of live Firestorm trying to escape is trying to pull out withdrawal <laughs> Keep going <laughs> The Red Lanterns, especially Mera, are attacked by Aquaman. Okay, I have a question. Yes, answer, uh, please. How That's many Red
0: Lanterns are there at the minute? Many. Is there
1: only Atrocitus and Mera? No, oh. there are very, very many, but okay. they're all off on other planets. Oh, right, okay. Yes. All the other core members are attacked. But Hal Jordan questions what, who the Rings chose. Well, Lex Luthor. Yes. Mr Luthor. Especially when the scarecrow goes running out making his yellow crows bite the eyes out of the zombies. Well that's the least of the problems if they're zombies. Yeah, Ow, my eyes. How am I ever gonna see now? You're oh, already dead zombie. and Lex Luthor, who is now an orange lantern, bickers with Laughleys over who should own the orange lantern. Then out of the blue Our oh, Black Our oh, Black Take
0: Me Out into the black. Tell them I ain't coming
1: back. The spectre shows up and grabs Hal Jordan. And you see little skulls there in his cloak. Because we've not had enough of skulls in this storyline. And I'm not starting with that. No, keep going. Hal escapes. And as he, does, as he does... As he does. As he... Shush. Yes. And as he does, the black lantern symbol on the spectre's chest opens up and tentacles Hal inside of him.
0: Hentai!
1: Still no idea what that is. Look it up. Okay... Hal now becomes a Black Lantern. Oh, no! So which lanterns hasn't he been now? He's been them all now, hasn't he? He's been a Blue Lantern. Yeah. He's obviously a Green well, Lantern. he's obviously a Green Lantern. He's, he's been, been a, been a lantern. Black Lantern. He's been a Black Lantern, Red Lantern. When was he a Red Lantern? In Rage of the Red Lantern. Yes, he was. Okay. Have you said
0: Blue? Yes, we've said Blue. He's been Orange. So he's never been... Has he been Orange? He's been Orange. When was he Orange? In Agent Orange. Okay. So Hal Jordan basically has been every colour of the spectrum. At this point.
1: At this point now, mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin anything for you, but I've seen cover art. At this point now, he has been every colour of the spectrum.
0: So he's a white lantern at
1: some point. Well, I believe I wouldn't want to ruin anything. No, though. but let's first it, we're ruining it for everybody anyway if you haven't read it. Yes. So, yeah, he becomes a white lantern. <laughs> and, and I have read it. Even becomes a yellow lantern.
0: Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: Carry on. Well, how did you know that? I'm sure you've mentioned it. No, because I've only just seen the attack of the fight of the War of the Green Lanterns. Oh, right, okay. Keep going. The Guardians, Ganthet and Saeed, try to uh, get Hal Jordan out, which he does. Good. Jordan then smashes the jaw off the spectre and frees Ganthet and Said who have just been pulled in. Right. Yes. The Scarecrow then breaks free from Sinestro and tries to take on all the power by himself by trying to take down the spectre on his own. But ends up getting crucified on the end of the spectre's hand. The other lanterns try to take down the spectre. I told you I could do this. Yes. But they are incapable of doing so, so they decide that they need to get parallax, because parallax was the only thing that the spectre is scared of. Which was mentioned earlier on. Which was mentioned earlier on, yeah, yes. See, it all comes together, doesn't it? Jordan explains to Sinestro that after the Sinestro Core War... Parallax was split up and put into the power batches of everyone who had taken over, who Parallax had taken over. In the Sinestro Core War, the Guardians of the
0: Galaxy. I like you, You're doing a very nice parallax. job, with there. Thank you very much. Split Parallax into four separate parts, didn't they? Yes. And they housed him in four different power batteries. The four people who'd that be belonged taken over by Parallax, parallax. which was Guy Jordan, Gardner. Guy Gardner, John Stewart, John Stewart and Kyle Rayner. Excellent. They did this to keep Parallax from Sinestro. So now, telling Sinestro that the four parts of Parallax are in the four power batteries seems a bit
1: stupid. Just a tad. Yes, because what are they going to do with Parallax at the end of this? Well, he disappears. Don't ruin that yet. I've already told everyone that Hal becomes a White Lantern. Uh, okay, carry on. He put all the power batteries together and Sinestra unleashes Parallax. Ah, in an excellent two-page spread. What was that? An excellent two-page spread. Th- this is
0: Doug Mankey. I know, know, I don't, I don't
1: <laughs> hate... <laughs>
0: Doug Mankey, or Manke or Mankey, or whatever. Ian Mankey. I don't hate Doug Mankey's art. In fact, I quite like it in this story. I don't like it as much as I like Ivan Rees. And there are points where it's just not my cup of tea. But I'm not saying he's a crap artist or anything like that. He's actually very good. Mm. Some of his
1: people have too many teeth. And those boobs are, like, ridiculously And off. he
0: draws ridiculously off star sapphire boobs, yes. It's like in between issues. She suddenly grows a cup size. Oh, okay. I was just thinking cup
1: size, what the hell?
0: (sighs) You have so much to learn, young Padawan apprentice.
1: Yes. Sinestro and Jordan fight over who should take Parallax. I was going to say ride a bit. No, they don't ride (laughs) Parallax. Ride me like a pony! (laughs) Jordan says that because he was once Parallax, he can now control it. I've been Parallaxed. Have you? I haven't made that joke before. Oh. It just means drunk, doesn't it? (laughs) Does it? I think so. <laughs> okay. As he's going to fly off, Carol pulls him over, saying she doesn't want to lose him again and kisses him. Oh! oh. That's going to cause problems with her and Cowgirl. Yes, it is. Indeed. Cowgirl was once a Star Sapphire. Was she? In the first Star Sapphire story in the. Yeah. Yes, she was. My memory's terrible, isn't it? Same. Okay mine's so terrible I forgot to write the note. Especially since they've been sat on this computer for three weeks. Keep going. Hal then chains up Parallax and lets him go inside him. <sighs> <laughs> so I'm making that up. No.
0: You're no more making this up than the Teen Titan orgy. <laughs>
1: Which is real. It's terrible. And it was Greg Rucker. Just saying. And I like Greg Rucker normally. But that's just Have you seen the preview on Newsarama? No. Because it's on the... Don't (laughs) care. Co City explodes in white light and hovering above the ground is Hal Jordan, the parallax. Oh, see, look at them teeth. Last page, look at those teeth. His teeth are always like that. Yeah, okay. Parallax is that right now? Yes.
0: (gasps) Bum, 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 bum. So Parallax is back. Parallax is back. The cover of this particular issue is Hal Jordan as Parallax, just standing there, looking quite menacing, um, by sticking his finger in a power battery, which I'm sure we're encouraged not to do as children. Sticking your finger. Stick your finger, in. finger into power batteries. Um, it's very Brian Bolland. Is it is a bit. Do you not know think? Yes, it is. I think that's very Brian I Bolland. I inked that cover. Excuse me, you what? I inked oh, that well,
1: Oh, you inked. Why were you think I said? And you it doesn't matter. Um how did you ink that cover? I inked it. Good. I printed off the pencils off the computer and inked it. Oh good. I will at this moment show you my inks if you like.
0: You don't have to, it's an, an audio medium.
1: No, I could show we you can't that.
0: really plug your pencils to people who may give you a job as an artist. I could take pictures of it and put it on our website. You could, That's. A, but don't you put them on DeviantArt? I do indeed. Okay, look at Michael's art on DeviantArt and give him feedback. MPL95. Go on, say that again. My user is MPL95. I've told him he needs to draw real people. I draw real people? You draw superheroes. Superheroes aren't real people. Superheroes are better than real people. Yes, they are. And they stand for truth, justice in the American way. When the Superman DC just, you know, saying. I've not put my inks up there yet, by the way. Well, you should do.
1: Should I? Yes. Okay. It's okay. very good.
0: Okay. Um, Hal runs the gamut here, from being a Black Lantern to being Parallax again. So he's he's notching those things on the bedpost. Mm. How many Green Lanterns has been? Nice Empire Strikes Back reference.
1: He made an Empire Strikes he Back. He made back an back. Empire Strikes back
0: reference on page oh, twelve. Right. Yeah. He makes an excellent. Empire Strikes Back reference and I thought they smelled bad on the outside my only question was that when's Hal Jordan going to have seen the Empire Strikes Back since being resurrected we haven't really seen that he's been to too many movies why
1: when did he die
0: uh, well in DC sliding timescale time now we will have only died in about 2005 won't he
1: so we could only watch it in 400 I suppose he could have done, yeah.
0: Um, Parallax being trapped in the different power batteries is, as we've said, a callback to the Sinestro core war. So that's nicely set up from Mr. Johns. Sinestro loathes Hal Jordan. Does he loathe Hal Jordan? Because Hal Jordan's handed him his ass on many separate occasions. Or does he
1: loathe Hal Jordan because Abin Sir's dead? Or because, let's face it, he's a much better Green Lantern than Sinestro.
0: Well, yes,
1: but Sinestro would never
0: admit that because Sinestro is a megalomaniac. Yes. Who revered Abin, Sir was shagging Aaron, sir. <laughs> is it Aaron? Is Aaron. It his sister? Aaron, sir. And uh, he doesn't really approve of Hal Jordan at all. No. But Sinestro's a fool.
1: Sinestro is.
0: Yes. Uh, and the double page spread, I think we've mentioned this before, but the double page spreads are really, really good.
1: Especially the
0: one at the end. Yeah, that you have to turn on the side. But the last two pages of this, Hal Jordan's back being parallax is really good. Apart from, he's got lots of teeth.
1: Parallax always has lots of teeth.
0: Does he? You see, I've never read any Parallax stories. Have you not?
1: No. Other than this. Well, if you read Rebirth, there's teeth all over the place.
0: Is there, I'd need to read Rebirth again. I remember not liking Rebirth. Did you?
1: Hmm.
0: I need to read that again because I didn't mind Flash Rebirth. I've not read that yet. You need to read that. My only problem with Flash Rebirth going off at a tangent okay. is once again, Johns can only write it if it's mired in darkness. Spoilers for Flash Rebirth. Suddenly, it's been established that Barry Allen's parents are dead and were murdered by somebody. I won't give it away for you because you've not read it. No. But this was retroactively changed his history. Right. So he remembers them being alive and being dead and being murdered. All right. And it's just—it's so like can Johns not write a character who's just happy? He just got crisis. Yes. Right. So it's all right. The artwork's good. But, you know, I'm sure there are some people who have been superheroes because it's the right thing to do. Uh, This is a very, very important part of the story. Both this and Green Lantern 51 are integral to the Blackest Night storyline. Uh, And I still maintain, although you'll probably disagree, that Blackest Night would have been much better served if it had been 12 issues instead of 8.
1: No, I agree.
0: And the main storyline had all been in one book. Yeah. Um, Whilst reading this, it's just getting really tedious swapping from book to book. Especially seen as... Now, I'm going to slightly contradict myself here. Oh, okay. There's no reading order.
1: No.
0: Now, I know what you're thinking as Thomas Magnum used to say. And you're right. But, Andrew, two episodes... Well, you wouldn't say that, would you? You'd say, but, Dad, (laughs) two episodes ago, you went on some huge, loud rant where you were foaming at the mouth about comics having reading orders. But now you're saying, there's no reading order. However, can I listen to you again, Father? And listen to your teachings. Will you tell me how to work with the world? If, Father, you are, in fact, a hypocritical son of a
1: gun. But but th- there is a reading order.
0: No, not in this. There isn't. If you've just picked up this Green Lantern hardcover, there's nothing worse. The only thing worse than comics having reading orders is when they shouldn't. Don't. Right. And this does not give you any indication that you should also be reading the Blackest Night hardcover concurrently. Right. This Green Lantern Blackest Night book. Could that you're take holding. place right after when the last issue of Green Lantern Two cup in your shiny little hands gives no indication that it is happening at the same time as the story in The Blackest Night. What? Well, it's not. It's happening after. It's happening within it. It's not happening after it. You couldn't read all of this and then read Blackest Night. You've read half of Blackest Night, if you do that. Right, okay. You can't read Blackest Night first and then read Green Lantern Blackest Night because half the story is like, wait a minute, I've seen all of this I yeah. know all this turns out. So, it oh, makes... you mean the hardcovers as a yeah. whole, not individual yeah. issues. Yeah, right. you couldn't read that hardcover and then read Blackest Night. No. On its own, without going, what the?
1: But neither could you read Blackest Night without reading this. It. This yeah. is my point right. that I'm making. Okay.
0: If they'd done Blackest Night as a 12 issue mini series, yeah. Self-contained in and of itself, and the Green Lantern book had just been what John Stewart was up to. I could have lived with that, because even Crisis on Infinite Earths, the much revered classic 1985 12 issue miniseries, that basically kicked off inter-company crossovers, even that had stories take place in other issues, and it has little footnotes if you read Crisis say, oh, you need to read Teen Titans 51 for this, and all I that i not having
1: to read uh, Superman. But you
0: don't have to. No. The only one of them where i found that is what happens to Blue Devil he gets trapped in some alternate oh, yeah. dimension doesn't he he says yeah. well how the hell am I going to get out of this and it says to see what, how he gets out of this you need to read Blue Devil 14 but like you're I'm not going to find him Blue Devil 14
1: yeah. is Blue Devil even still alive yeah, he's in yes, this. he's in this, isn't he, he? is, yeah.
0: Wow, everything comes full circle, he's doesn't just it? He's
1: the Tanner and the uh, thingy stranger. Yes.
0: So this ties into my problem that you can't just read Blackest Night on its own and understand or get a full story. Counterpoint. Yes. What do you mean, yes? <laughs> I don't know. You're the one who's like, this is great, this is fantastic, it's lots of interlinking storylines and it's comic writing and it's mm,
1: brilliant, mm, yes, I'm liking it. Mm. I don't think it's brilliant. You know? No. I thought you loved this. I honestly prefer it more than Crisis. Really? Sorry, did I just like cause a I impression? think you've you've kicked over a couple of sacred cows though. Why? Because I suppose I prefer contemporary writing in comics. I'll give you that Marv Wolfman's writing by today's
0: standards can seem a tad flowery. Yeah. Yes. I'll go with that. Okay. I don't mind. That's that's a perfectly valid point. But but you quite like Stanley omnibuses of Spider-Man and stuff from the sixties. I really do like the Iron Man, yeah. So what's the difference there then? Why do you like the Iron Man and you've read Spider-Man? I've read some from Spider-Man from the sixties and the Fantastic Four and stuff. Yeah. Why are you okay with them but you didn't like? Well, no, you didn't like Snot why, what's the difference? Because if anyone is a flowery writer, yeah. it's Stan. Yeah. So well, why? what's the difference between that and Marv Wolfman's Crisis? I guess it's I realise we're going off on a huge tangent here.
1: Marv Wolfman's Crisis was aimed at um, people who have been reading comics for a long time and people who knew the stuff, right? Mm, I'm going to argue with that in a minute, but carry on. Whereas Stan Lee's comics was aimed at every issue was to drag in new readers especially children. Yes. But Marvel's Crisis wasn't. Right. So you're
0: saying you can live with the flowery style of I'm Tony Stark and I'm Iron Man and I have this chest plate because my heart won't beat without it Mm. within the context of the time that that was published that this was written as a 22 page or 12 page story and he was hoping new readers would pick up every issue. Yes, But you don't feel that the amount of exposition in Crisis was necessary because, at that point, everyone who's going to read Crisis on Infinite Earths knows all about it. Mm, Yes. Okay, right, counterpoint. Right. I know very little about the DC Universe when I read Crisis on Infinite Earths. Right. I, as many times have pointed out, was a Marvel kid. And I read Star Trek, Batman and Detective Comics and the New Teen Titans and they were the only DC books I followed regularly occasionally I would pick up Superman and Action Comics and then other than that I would pick up Brave and the Bold and DC Comics Presents and that's where I got my wider knowledge of the DC Universe from oh. so were the flowery writing in Marv Wolfman's Crisis and Infinite Earths was irritating to you as a DC boy yeah. reading it, let's be honest 25 years after it was originally published I actually found it really useful Because he does, yes, some of the dialogue is, I am Psycho Pirate, and this is my power. And I am Simon, and this is my power. But when I first read that, I didn't know who hardly any of those people were. I didn't know who the people are reading it now. But you understand who they are within the confines of the story. Yeah. Now, I'll grant you that this is written in a much more, I don't want to say logical way, a much more realistic way. yeah in that way that you don't really want superhero comics to be totally realistic
1: no but but
0: the flip side of that is do you really think you could give blackest night to your girlfriend or your mum or even adam your brother wow all three of those are laughable yes but could you give it to any of them and have them read that and understand it if i gave them that reading order forget the reading order alright give them the reading order as well right but you could give them the Crisis trade paperback that I've got, yeah. and they could read it and understand it.
1: I suppose. I'm not saying they'd enjoy it. I'll have to answer, like, the odd question, like, who's he and who's he?
0: Yes. You don't have to do that with Crisis.
1: You do sometimes.
0: It's all explained for you. You do sometimes. There was no point when reading Crisis on Infinite Earth last week, yeah. when I reread it, right. that I was confused over to who anybody was. Whereas there are numerous times in this I've had to go to you and say, who the hell's that? And there are multiple times I've gone, no idea. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly my point. But this does tie into my other comic book theory. Do you want to know what this is? Yeah, okay. Seeing as we don't seem to be talking about Blackest Night at all at the minute. No. My comic book theory is this. Yeah. You cannot give a superhero comic, like Uh, Blackest Night, any superhero comic, Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, Blackest Night, whatever, to an adult... who has no affinity for the material, did not grow up reading comics, may know, like, Superman from the Christopher Reeve movies and Batman from Dark Knight and Batman Begins and stuff like that, you cannot give them a superhero comic to read that they will go, ooh, that was brilliant, and they will want to read more. Can you not? No, I honestly believe that to be true. So you won't say that? No. I reckon you could give them why The Last Man or The Walking Dead... or even something like The Boys that's pushing it, let's go with Preacher alright Preacher, we'll go with Preacher instead and they would read it and enjoy it and may go, have you got something else that's like this but I honestly don't think adults will pick up superhero comics and become addicted to them in the same way that children do well maybe not superheroes but Sandman's a good start Sandman Sandman is another excellent start as well this is what I'm saying to you though This is why I think where the comics market is failing at the minute is it's not getting children. No. The people who read comics, superhero comics now, are people like me who grew up reading them. Or people like you who started reading them young. I don't think superheroes are a crossover medium in comics. Anymore? Yes. Okay. I honestly don't think that. I don't think adults would pick up superhero comics without having read them from being a kid. Whereas I think they would read The Walking Dead. I think if you took The Walking Dead into school and let people read it, they would ask you for the next issue or the next trade paper. I have some friends who have read it. See? But I reckon if you gave them a Superman, they may read it and enjoy it. I mean, pick a Superman. Superman Earth 1 or Superman Kryptonite. Oh Superman for all seasons, which I think is a brilliant story. Yeah. I don't think they'd want to read any more Superman after that. Your mum is a prime example. When your mum first met me, it. she hadn't read any comics. Right. But she read Preacher. Yeah. She read Sandman. Yeah. She read Hitman. Yeah. And uh, she said, okay, well, what else can I have a go? And I gave her Batman The Dark Knight Returns. Could right. not get into it.
1: Oh, didn't she, like, only just read all of that a couple of years ago? She didn't read all of
0: it. She didn't like the art. She didn't like the story. But she loved... Batman Begins okay. and she likes the Batman cartoons okay. so why did the comics not interest her when the ancillary media do if you can answer that question you could get comics back selling
1: millions again because Batman The Dark Knight Returns is quite hard to get into do you think it's really of, reading that I read it on two levels because yeah. I kind of read it twice it works as a Batman story and it works with a if you've grown up during this time and know what I'm on about you'll get the most out of it so I didn't get much out of it, because I didn't grow up then. Yeah, well, see, yeah, there is a lot of 1985
0: political satire in it, isn't there? Which, by and large, doesn't really make much sense nowadays. Oh, uh, right, I never thought, I didn't, th- You did you prefer Batman Year One, then? Uh, I've not, still not read Year One. All right. well, you need to read Year One, then. Right. Before the animated movie comes out, and then maybe we'll do an episode about Batman Year One. Okay. Because, for me, Batman Year One is Frank Miller's best work. I mean, I know I've jokingly said... Frank Miller's best Batman work is Silent Night, Deadly Night. Hmm. I was only kidding about that. Why was it really crap? No, it's not crap at all. It's a perfectly serviceable comic book for the time that it was made. See, one of the things that I do like about you, and I'm going to be really nice to you now... Oh, thanks. Is that you are capable of reading an old comic or watching an old film or a TV show and be able to contextualise it and Mm. be able to say, well, okay, for... Star Trek, for example, you watched a couple of episodes of Star Trek, and you can say, well, for the 1960s, that was pretty good. Yeah. Now, obviously, those production values don't hold up against today's TV. You put Star Trek next to Battlestar Galactica, or even the new Doctor Who, yeah. and it looks cheap and cheerful. But if you put Star Trek next to, say, Bonanza, which was made at the same time, Star Trek pees all over Bonanza in terms of production value. Mm. And that's what I like about you. You are able to contextualise what you read... Yeah. so the second time you read Dark Knight Returns you're really embarrassed by the fact that I've just complimented you aren't you no no I'm I'm, I'm recording it oh uh, but I am <laughs> yes. so the second time you read Dark Knight Returns stripping out the political subtext yeah. what did you think about it
1: as a superhero yeah as a political. straightforward
0: superhero story
1: It's a straightforward superhero story. I thought it was quite alright, but wasn't completely down with Superman killing the Joker. I I just don't like... But Batman kills the Joker. The Joker kills himself. Does he? Yes, the Joker snaps his own neck
0: and gets Batman blamed for it. Yes, he does. But my problems with The Dark Knight Returns are not with The Dark Knight Returns itself. As a piece of work, Mm -hmm. I think The Dark Knight Returns is fine. Yeah. I don't like that everyone who's written Batman since has followed in what Frank Miller did.
1: Well, have they?
0: yes. Everyone now does da- gritty Batman. Batman has been pretty humorless since about nineteen
1: eighty five. Yeah. And but still my favourite all time Batman story is remarkably gritty and is the two Jeff Loeb, Long Halloween and Dark Victory yeah, but
0: even then, there's a bit of light-hearted fun in there, particularly with the introduction of Robin. Yeah. Batman's been grim now since Frank Miller, and that's not Frank Miller's fault, that's like blaming George Lucas for the fact that science fiction movies are now huge summer blockbusters with no brains. Whereas you go and look back... I mean, it's not George Lucas' fault that that's happened... ...but everyone looks at Star Wars... Yeah. ...and they go, oh, look, science fiction is big blockbuster crap with no brains... ...but if you go back, the first Planet of the Apes films has a ton of brains... to go as a load of political subtext to go with the storyline. It worked on multiple Yes, so does Logan's Run. So does any episode of Twilight Zone you you are prepared to look at. So does the original Star Trek. Mm. It's only since Star Wars they've started making brain-dead science fiction for morons who don't understand that science fiction is actually a genre of storytelling that isn't about the future, it's commenting on now. And it's the same with Dark Knight. I don't think it's fair to blame Frank Miller for everybody writing crappy, grim, politically subtextual Batman stories where Batman isn't allowed to smile and is emotionally cut off since then. It's not his fault that everyone else is crap. Whereas one of the things I do like about Grant Morrison there you go, I mentioned him again, not it, you, is that he at least wrote a Bruce Wayne who was capable of having emotional involvements with women and even regular people. Frank Miller's Batman, or oh, the Batman that has followed in the footsteps of Frank Miller...
1: cuts himself off from everyone. Yeah,
0: he can't even talk to Alfred. No. Which is just ridiculous. So how did we get on this tangent? Oh yeah, we were talking about how, how this composed to something like Crisis. Wasn't yeah. It? Okay, so having waffled about that for about 28 minutes, <laughs> I'm not sure that we've only been recorded for 34, <laughs> we probably need to carry on with what we... Well, basically what I'm saying is you could give Crisis to somebody, you could give Dark Knight to somebody and they could read it and understand it. I don't think you could give this story to somebody and have them read it and get as much out of it as we did being mired in superhero mythology as we are. Okay is my take. I thoroughly expected you to disagree with that. No, I agree with that. But you don't, do you? Now, conversely, I think you could give them Sinestro Core War. Because it is a... It's a self-contained story. It's a self-contained Yeah. Um, or Sc- Green Lantern Secret Origin. Hmm. Don't give them Superman Secret Origin, for God's sake. <laughs> Ooh, issue two of that series just makes my blood boil. As you'll know if you go back and listen to our very first episode. Um, and you could even give them Green Lantern Rebirth... I mm. think, but that was mired in continuity references as well, wasn't it? Yeah, which would. Maybe answer, I wouldn't give him
1: rebirth then. Which would answer the question who's he? What's his power? Yes, but this again is my point.
0: <laughs> See, I'm, I'm on the fence here. I don't mind this big long form, multiple over year long storytelling technique that comics have developed now. Yeah. Okay? I am not intrinsically against that. But if you would want to bring in new readers, ideally, and I'm not saying you have to. Okay. But ideally, you need to have at least read a couple of the eight previous graphic novels that preceded this storyline. Well, not all eight. No. That, yeah, that's why I'm on the fence with it. You don't okay. have to read all eight. We have to read some of them. Certainly a lot of this was set up in Sinestro Core War and Secret Origin.
1: But even then it's, it spans the D C universe as I was gonna say the ones you could read is start with Rebirth and then read Infinite Crisis and then every other But you're still reading all other stuff Yeah to understand
0: this. Yeah. Funnily enough all Jeff Johns. Yes. It's like Jeff Johns has his own like universe
1: hmm.
0: where he's writing his own stories. Cause cause the, the one one of the criticisms of Superman Secret Origin that I heard, I think it was on Views from the Long Box, which is a really good podcast, find it was that Superman's Secret Origin essentially just set up New Krypton. New Krypton. That's what I said. Yeah. But I didn't get that because I've not read New Krypton. I have read some. So is that a valid criticism that that just set up New Krypton?
1: It's very valid. It's just like... You've read Green Lantern, all of it. Yes, up so oh, right. to this point. So you were reading Secret or- Origin and it was blatantly obvious that it was setting up Blackest Night. Secret Origin, not as much as Agent Orange. No, but there it, it was obvious... Yes, there's obvious
0: sign-posted reference. It's like right. in the Bugs Bunny cartoons where he used to hold up signs yeah. telling you what was going to happen. It, it, there was points in that in Secret Origin, and particularly Agent Orange, hmm. not so much in Sinestro Cold War, where you did feel like somebody was holding up a sign saying, pay attention to this plot point, it will be important.
1: Hmm. Yes, I agree with that. The Superman Secret Origin was the same if you were reading If you've Superman. read New Krypton. Yeah. Right. See, I didn't get that because I haven't read New
0: Krypton. Well, I was, and then the yeah they cancelled the boot, yeah. didn't they? Um, that's the British version. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, should I read New Krypton? I mean, there's varying reports on that. Some people say it is a good, nice, long-form story that when you read all of it, it's great.
1: And others say it's up to pants. Well, Try. I, I lost interest when I heard that Jeff Johns didn't do all of it. He didn't write any of it, did he? No, he started off New Krypton, but then when it became the rise of New Krypton, the fall of New Krypton, the war of New Krypton, the war of the Superman. Right. I think I made some of them up. (laughs) But I wouldn't know. (laughs) I lost interest in it before
0: they even started publishing it. Okay, fair enough. That was a nice little tangent, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Do you have anything to say about this issue in specific? When we started 40 minutes ago, we were talking about Green Lantern 50. (laughs)
1: Um, I do like the beginning of this issue. It starts off very much like a film or as a good way to get into this comic if you want to do a Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. It doesn't have to start at the beginning. It could start here and still work Yeah, quite well.
0: It is an integral part of the storyline, though. Hmm. And it should have been part of Blackest Night. Yeah. If they do an omnibus of Blackest Night, which I hope they do at some point... I hope they do a Morrison one as well. Yeah, they will do They'll do a Grant Morrison Batman one. I Good. wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> if they do an omnibus of Blackest Night, I really do think they need to jiggle the issues around. Yeah. And include all the important stuff in one story. And I think that's the only way it noobs, civilians, <laughs> non-comic book readers... Regular people, I suppose is what I'm saying, yeah. would have any chance of understanding this. If DC are smart, they would have had that on the shelves for the movie coming out, but it doesn't yes. look like they are doing.
1: Would you put in Green Lantern, Core, and Tales of the Coast I don't know, if so I've not read them. So, but meaning they mustn't be they all that important. They mustn't be all that important, yes. Right.
0: My personal thinking is, this, Green Lantern, and Blackest Night are all you need to read. Yes. I've not read any of the other boots. It would be
1: nice to read. Well, I've the said posts. to you that
0: if I ever find them in the 50p bins, I'll buy them, yeah. yeah. Where I'm not paying 20 quid for the hardcovers for a story that's non essential. I mean, when we go to the Manchester Comic Mart on free comic boot day, if there's some in the 50p bins, we'll pick them up. When is that? May the 7th. May the 7th, people. Yes. We need to make little
1: cards to promote our podcast <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, we, we
0: do at those things.
1: I also felt this next following two page spread, which is also the Yes, cover yes it is. I'd never noticed hardback. that it
0: is the back cover of the hardback yeah.
1: it's in my opinion a bit off it's very crowded well there's certain perspectives like Green Lantern's yeah. like the right but then Indigo one's kind of like the is it possible
0: yeah. that it's just a case of he's had to squeeze everyone into two pages probably and therefore the perspective is a bit off probably okay but
1: I mean people's heads are dodgy and stuff Especially Flash, Wonder Woman, Indigo One, Captain... No, he's just the Atom, He's he just it? the Atom, he's not Captain and Atom. Carol Ferris. They all look a bit... Carol Ferris, his boobs are off. Yeah. <laughs> Becoming a Star
0: Sapphire makes your boobs bigger, does it? we
1: in an earlier issue to Anya. It's like, she doesn't have that big boobs, and it's like... No, she doesn't until <laughs> he takes over drawing her. Yeah. It's like she suddenly goes up not even mentioned. Ivan Reese does it that big no. that. Um, I did also like this when Mera um, burns the dead baby yeah he tries to taunt he- her Aquamanals. with um,
0: uh, the, the son who's mm-hmm. dead because DC kills children now apparently
1: that's just that's just cold
0: It is, yes, but DC just, I
1: don't know what the game plan is at the minute, but it just seems to be as much death and destruction as possible. And um, so he tries taunting her with a baby, but she just turns around and sets him on fire. Yeah, when she's a Red Lantern, she's had enough of your (laughs) s***, quite frankly. And so um, Atrocitus just says, Earthwoman, I have nothing to say, but welcome to the Red Lantern. That is pretty cool. (laughs) She even impressed Atrocitus. She
0: did. The full page spread of the Spectre grabbing all the Green Lantern. You found that good? I thought that was pretty damn cool, yeah. Especially seen as the Green Lantern, Hal Jordan Green Lantern, was the Spectre
1: at one point. I kind of have a thing with this, where this is Chris Bussallon. Yes. The Spectre has a funny little beard, which I find annoying at times.
0: Have you never read Gotham Central? No. Because that was written by Ed Brubacker.
1: Okay. So you'd probably like that. I'll have to dig them down for you. But it's quite dull again with the skulls in his hood. Yes. Oh, I also like the fight with the Spectre as well. Because he was this huge, massive thing. Yeah, how big was he supposed to be? Um, I'll try and show you. Okay. That big, right? So he's pretty large, then. Pretty damn big. He's man. as big as a big building. So all he's lo- about
0: ten stories high, isn't he?
1: Yes. So all the different panels of the cause fighting here... <laughs> like Charlie Sheen.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Sheen is in orbit.
1: <laughs> It's, uh, the different panels were the different cause of fighting. They're all from either a different angle or a different height on him. Hmm. Which I thought was quite cool. Yeah, that, also is, that is pretty good. In the background, all the zombies are crawling up the buildings. Mm. There are some nice touches in the artwork. There is. Even. Is that a dead. No. That's the specter trying to come out of the specter's eyes. Yes. Is it not Crispus Allen? No, that looks like the specter Christmas... Because we do see Crispus Allen in his eye at one point, don't we? Yes, I think that's in the next issue. Right, okay.
0: Releasing parallax was both an excellent idea and an incredibly risky gamble at the same time. Yes. But you know That's also a tad Budos winds rod As he goes into him. Yes. Okay, um we have to take a short break here. Where we will play a promo for another excellent podcast. Will we? Yes. Okay. 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 dokie.
1: Just who the hell are you? He's James T. Kirk. Don't you read history? What did you say your name was? Captain Jean Luc
0: Picard of the USS Enterprise. Which way do we use the captain? Do we violate the treaty,
1: Captain? Red alert! All hands! Battle stations! What are you scratching at?
0: Correct.
1: Can we just get down to it, please? Prepare to attack all
0: hands, battle station.
1: Mondays, available the second Monday of every month at two true com. Green Lantern fifty one. Yes. Which is Parallax Rebirth Part two. Cool. The cover for this is Parallax fighting every other member of the different cause with the specter looming behind them. Is it Parallax I
0: thought it was Necron.
1: Oh, it's Spectre. Oh, no, you're right, yes. Because he's a big baddie. It's very colorful
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The issue starts with Blackhand doing some weird-ass stuff. <laughs> situation-no-below. <laughs> Was William Hand not called William Hand once he had his hand chopped off? Well, no, he just wanted to be called William Hand.
0: <laughs> William. <laughs>
1: That's William just William. Hand. <laughs> he only had one. So Laflees and Lex Luthor continue to bicker and fight over the Orange Battery. Superman. I just want Lex Luthor to stab Laffy through the head. Well, this story, I wanted Laffy to stab Lex in the yeah, head. No,
0: see, I like Lex Luthor. This is the kind of thing that would go absolute power
1: yeah. corrupting
0: absolutely once again.
1: But I was rooting for Laffy in this little. Oh yeah, I find Laffy used to be a pain in the ass. Uh, I tolerate him sometimes. With the dead Superman lurking behind them, the black lanterns now showing up. You know, the seven ones or really whatever. Mm. However, Lex Luthor holds him down, overtaken by his lust to take down Superman. What do you call it lust? Yes. I ah, I see. They are then stopped by the Spectre, who searches for footing as the parallax rips him open. The different core members continue to fight the Spectre as well as the remaining Black Lanterns, who are pretty much overrunning Coast (laughs) City. I'm sorry, you just said fight Spectre. I thought we were
0: reading James Bond for a minute (laughs) (laughs) there. Fight Spectre, miss money, Penny.
1: Parallax then rips through inside of the Spectre after ripping out his eyes. There's a lot of gouging going on in this. Parallax finds the Spectre, the proper Spectre. The Spectre that is not the person Spectre, but the (laughs) See what I mean about being able to give this to normal people? (laughs) Yes. It looks <laughs> like the Necromonicon from the Evil, uh, it evil Dead. It does hunt. a bit, yes. Finds it, rips it up, and finds the black rink inside, separating the Black Lantern from the Spectre. With his task now completed, the uh, remaining cause turn against Parallax, but he rips the face off the Spectre. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Atrocitus realises that the Spectre is God's wrath, his rage, so he tries to recruit him. ...in his own core.
0: the Red Lanterns.
1: Yes, he does so, but the spectre turns around and says that he is not a his vengeance... ...and so cannot become a member of a core. Hmm. After, you know, just becoming one. Yeah. Carol Ferris realises that because of Hal Jordan's love for her... ...or some of it anyway... ...she would be the best person to separate Parallax from Hal. She does so... And Hal Jordan becomes three. Well, Hal Jordan, (laughs) Hal Parallax, and Parallax. (laughs) And three become one. Sinestro tries to control Parallax, but is taken away from an unknown source. Over at Terrebonne Parish, Belle Reve Prison, where Hector Hammond is being kept, he panics as it has taken Parallax. Wow. The spectre says, his job is done, so he disappears. But then comes back when he realises he needs to help the people. We help the helpless. Yes. We help the hopeless. Necron and his merry band of dead revived Black Lanterns show up. The specter says that they will be judged. But then stops as he realises he cannot take down Necron. Because he's already dead? And he has no soul to judge. That as well. Necron pass- passes through him, making the spectre disappear. And the Necron just stands there with these dudes looking mean and rude. Yes. End of issue. Yes.
0: Is it wrong that I quite like Parallax? No. <laughs> I find him quite entertaining. I mean, I know nothing about the stories where Hal was Parallax. Uh, is that when Kyle Rayner took over, or John Stewart? Kyle Rayner. Is it? Yeah. Okay.
1: Kyle Rayner has quite a big fan following. I do like Kyle Rayner. Good
0: Christmas Allen, as we've mentioned, was a regular in Gotham Central, which was a very good street-level crime book set in the superhero universe. It was quite similar to Powers.
1: Was the, it like the Hitman Mendes, by any chance?
0: No, it was completely different from Hitman.
1: Well, no, I'm on about street level, but a no, they it. were they well, were normal. It was a superhero. They
0: were yeah, that's pretty much it. They were the cops in Gotham City. Right. Basically, it was NYPD Blue. Yeah. setting Gotham City and you very rarely saw Batman or Robin but or Nightwing like, yeah. little every now and again they'd go, something like, oh, go and shine the Bat signal we need some help on this one that kind of thing they didn't run to Batman every day like the lame ass Commissioner Gordon in the 60s TV <laughs> show oh you know what this means Chief O'Hara and big orange Commissioner Gordon yes let's not be bothered doing our own jobs no, that's the, the, called Batman us, <laughs> <down>. <laughs> we've got other things to be doing um, my personal opinion is they've ruined Rene Montoya and Crispus Allen by turning them into superheroes because oh, Gotham yeah. Central was yeah. just a great book about cops in Gotham City, and it is such a brilliant idea for a book. What are real people like in superhero universes, mm. where this this crap goes on all the time? That there really is a Batman, and there really is a Superman. That and
1: was an appeal with stories like Marvels and Hitman. Yeah. Play. It's the real... What's the real people like?
0: Yeah. And by th- making Crispus Allen the Spectre and René Montaigne... Is she the question now? Yeah. They've ruined that. Really? It's, it's, yeah. Because it's like... No one can be normal anymore. It's like in the Marvel Universe... Everyone turns out to have a mutant power. Yeah. And eventually you get to the point where there's no normal people left. It's just a bit stupid. Um, all told... This was a very good two-parter. It's... As I keep harping on... It's integral to the story... Um, all the Blackest Night stuff that John's has written, he has managed to slip in some excellent characterisation. All the business with the Spectre and Parallax is multi-layered and Sinestro is a very good villain. If he's as half as well realised in the film, um, it should be pretty good. But you don't like the look of the film, do you? I don't know. No,
1: you're not down with that. It it doesn't look like um, Green Lantern. I mean, Mum not having read many Green Lancers turned to me and said any at all no turned to me and said he seemed like a bit of a douche oh Jordan's a douche is he
0: but yes he is but not
1: really you not as much as a douche he is portrayed in the film right well you've not seen
0: all the film yet I've seen the trailer I know but the trailers focus on a specific element on a certain the, audience the trailer for Thor was a bit I mean, it looked interesting, Mm. but it didn't really give you the idea that essentially this film was going to be Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Certainly all the Asgardian stuff is pretty damned impressive. So I'm still willing to give it benefit of the doubt. Isn't it on on my birthday? I think so. Or around my birthday? Around then. Because Captain America's only out in July, I think. Yeah. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Captain America being out in July. Um, July. The little glimpses of Christmas Island in the Spectre's eye is well done. Um, It's pretty good stuff all around. At this point... Though if you are reading Blackest Night, you're going to start being a bit lost. Yeah. If you're only reading Blackest Night. If you're only reading it, yeah. I don't know why you'd only be reading Blackest Night and not Green Lantern at this point.
1: Well maybe it's like I don't know, maybe you've read Civil War. It's a standalone tie in that Well Civil War
0: was though. As much as I thought Civil War was utter tripe I liked it. You can Evil you can read just all seven issues of Civil War and the story makes perfect
1: sense. Yeah, so it still Our works on a certain level like that with Blackest Night. Mm, see, maybe we should have only read Blackest
0: Night and then sat there going, this makes no sense. M- you can try that again. Yeah, we may do.
1: Wonder. Um, we'll have another tune of which Michael's not chosen yet. No, I've not chosen any of them. No. I've got a list of tunes and I'm making up as I go along. And we'll be right back. You'll find We'll walk you home
0: It will help you remember If that's the way it is, and that's the way it is If that's
1: the way it is, and that's the way it is If that's the way it is, and that's the way it is That's the way it is, and that's the way it is. I'm feel, feeling
0: the taste of cigarettes. What could I? Do? the way it is, and that's the way it
1: is, if that's the way it is, and that's the way it is, and we didn't even notice when the sky turned blue, and we couldn't do it to between me and me, and I really didn't notice the gentlest feeling, the gentlest feeling.
0: Excellent. It was very good, yes. Wasn't it? Yes. I will be listening to that tune <laughs> when this episode goes, because Michael's doing all the editing for these ones. <laughs> it's amazing.
1: If you th- listened to the last two episodes and thought, cool this is bloody brilliant, it was me.
0: What if you listened to the last two episodes and thought, I don't like the music? It was all you.
1: <laughs> okay, fair enough.
0: <laughs> Blackest Night 7 begins... The cover, the New Justice team, stir meaningfully into the camera. And look, Wonder Woman has normal boobs. Well, normal for Wonder Woman, which are quite ample, let's be honest. Um, The New Justice team being Blue Flash, the Atom... Is Atom Indigo? Yes. Yes. The Red Lantern that is Myra, the Yellow Lantern that is the Scarecrow, the Orange Lantern that is Lex Luthor, the Star Sapphire Purple drivel compassion lantern that is Wonder Woman and of course
1: the Green Lantern Harold I also John. inked that cover did you did you and print I the pencil I, out I, for I this one, like the flaw with it if you look at the atom though yes and the funny collar the thing, color thing that he's wearing. on the flash mm. it looks like the atom's wearing a helmet
0: it does it looks like the atom's got a halo on doesn't
1: it yeah,
0: it's very good. Um, Necron and his black lanterns drag the guardians with them as Necron asks why they started guarding the universe. Because the self-appointed pompous asses, I think's the answer. The guardians no longer remember. Green Lantern and Sinestro and the newly empowered ring slingers attack Necron. Atrocitus nearly falls, but is saved by Hal. The Scarecrow, meantime, is enjoying himself for the first time in ages, but Luther is holding back. The newly anointed Blue Lantern, Barry Flash, tells Luther that if he doesn't help, he'll have no planet to feed his oversized ego. Luther, though, has succumbed to the power of the ring and wants more power! He steals Skircrow's yellow ring and tries to steal others, attacking Myrrah for a red ring first. If he goes to prison, he'll have a red ring soon enough. Above Cove City, John Stewart is joined, finally, by Guy Gardner and the Re... Green, red, yellow, indigo and blue lantern core and much arse kickery and the final battle ensue. It is quickly discovered that there is someone in the black power battery but Luther keeps Jordan's team from fighting at their full potential by being a big douche. Necron slices a guardian's throat and he uses his entrails to open the black lantern to reveal the entity. Apparently, the Entity is the living life force that triggered all existence itself and it originated on Earth. Sinestro isn't happy at this turn of events and blocks Hal taking all the glory and getting all the reward and he becomes a White Lantern. Now, that's quite an important plot point, isn't
1: it? Indeed. Because earlier on, the don't say which was the first planet. No, it's always been... Oh uh! yes, since the beginning of Green Lantern. But actually, it's Earth. Indeed. Hmm. Very good.
0: What do you have to say about this one, Michael?
1: Well, on this first panel, yes, they're dragging the. Uh, they're all dragging this guardians, guardians in the shape of the White Lantern symbol. Yeah, so they are very good. Mm. Very subtle artistic touch. Very subtle. Um. Also, I did quite like this next page. Which is almost a two-page spread, all but the not quite. All flying around and all the bright colours. Hmm. I quite like stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, the art's brilliant. It I can't is, say yeah. enough nice things about there's eating Rice. Um, if I get up to it later on. That, The What page is that? The No idea. Okay. But it's a splash page of all the co's coming in. To Guy Gardner kick, coming
0: in to kick some ass. Yes. So that is just begging for a John Williams musical score, isn't it?
1: It's. There's also the thing that at this point in a big story like this... Artists will, will have other artists, or they'll cut down on backgrounds. Well, or somebody else
0: will be doing the inking. Yes. Yeah.
1: But he still manages to kick ass art-wise. Did this shit regularly? Pages like this, I I believe it did or had minor setbacks, minor delays. Yeah.
0: Because it is pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Yeah.
1: Also, I didn't quite get out they're all flying up. The guy gun is in the middle. Yes. And then the big potato red lanterns look. <laughs> Next panel, the big potato red lantern in blood on Gargana. Is like, yeah. well, what? I don't get it.
0: Maybe you caught up with
1: him. Okay. Um, I did quite like it in that sick, twisted way <laughs> that the Guardians' insides are all multicoloured. Yeah. Instead of.
0: because they're blue, so their insides are yellow. Yeah. The White Lantern stuff's
1: pretty good. The White Lantern stuff is good, and um, there's also on this where Necron goes and. Stabs the entity, mm. and it screams and stuff. There's um different panels here, representative people, and they're all white or bright or whatever. And then there's just a panel but of from black hand, black hand, and it's all black, appropriately enough. Um, there's also here where, as the entity screams in pain as it's being stabbed. <laughs> There's like different living things. Like, you get a whale or cowgirl, a lion, Hal Jordan's family. Hmm. That little dude who appeared in another Green Lantern issue, really. Kyle Rayner. Are yeah, these all people of the White Lantern has possessed? Well, they're just, no, they're all just people. They're all screaming and painting of Which he's also tried in the next issue of Green Lantern 52. Right. But just fails dramatically because it's not Ivan Reese. Right, okay. And, um,. I quite like the White Lanterns.
0: Yes. uh, I like
1: the final two-page spread
0: of Sinestro becoming a White
1: Lantern. That's the thing of the White Lanterns, which is more recognisable than The Next Blackest Night, where it's kind of penciled so that it's like it's shiny. Yeah. It is very good. Mm. It's very, very good. Uh, I love Kill I think I've said before I love Killawag, he's
0: brilliant. Guy Gardner asking what the reduction in Brat Lanterns would be if all the core managed to join forces is comedy gold. Because yeah. isn't it something like if we don't join forces, how many will there be? Oh, 3,574,000. And if we do join forces, oh, 3,271,000. It's like that's an improvement. So that's brilliant. Sinestro, despite being an arrogant, cocky, chauvinistic, twisted and wholly obnoxious individual, is absolutely right to be annoyed with the Guardians. Because everyone else is. Yes, I'd be annoyed with them as well.
1: Especially keeping a lie as big as that. Yeah,
0: the scummy. Um, We'll have another tune and then we'll be back with the next issue.
1: Lantern 52. The cover to this is Sinestro looking all smug and white. (laughs) He always looks smug. Again, it's very Brian Bolland. It is. There's also a difference in this hardback cover. Why? In the actual cover itself, there's um, a speech board just to the side going, well, who'd you expect it to be? Right, and they've removed that for this because God forbid DC should have a sense of humour anymore. Which quite ruined it for me because I hadn't read Blackest Night or whatever and I... Purposely hid it so that I didn't know who the white lantern would be or anything. Right, but then you saw that cover. But then we were out at um, a comic mat and I turned around, there's a green lantern cover there. was I was like, Who oh, do you think it'd be? <laughs> fair enough. Thanks, Doug. Thank you. Above Co City, all the different black lanterns are becoming white lanterns and fly away, as in into the earth swarms of them cover the earth meanwhile on Coast Sitter, Hal climbs with some rubble as Sinestro hovers above them being you know all smug and all until he sees the birth of the universe and birth of life on earth the first living creature gets willpower and becomes Ion a creature fears fear and becomes Parallax you then have the predators people love you then have a snake as people have avarice and then Rage and then Hope and then Compassion However someone Shouts his name And Tineshra just Stands there Looking at all The different Entities Until Representing each Color He gets stabbed In the back by Necron oh. Just after becoming A White Lantern He dies and gets Ripped into two Brilliant But then Some stuff goes Down Zanxia Shoots a laser Beam that hits The ocean Just off Coast City Causing a massive tsunami to fly over Coe City. The Green Lanterns block it off, but are then taken over by all the Black Lanterns. The group, consisting of Kilowog, John Stewart, Slush, that <laughs> fatality, some blue dude, and a green dude, and a red dude, all go over to Zanxia, killing the Black Lantern connection. This causes Necron and Black Hand great pain, and then just as all the different connections of all the Black Lanterns has been severed, Hal turns around to see that Sinestro has been reborn and is now the true guardian of the universe Mm. to be Mm. continued Mm. in this particular hardback.
0: Yeah, well, I'm just going to get on to that. It's at this point that we've mentioned before, if you're not reading Green Lantern and Blackest Night you're going to be completely lost. These last four issues are very much part of the main story. This one takes place within the pages of Blackest Night 6, 7, isn't it? It takes place just before. Um, and with the battle above Coast City taking centre stage. Uh, now, there's a difference between doing a mini-series story that has offshoot stories and doing a mini-series story that requires you to read all the books for the whole story. This is the latter, and it's an incredibly important moment in the terms of the overall story arc the end of zanchi and the destruction of the black lantern's
1: power source and it doesn't even happen in the main series no but i suppose the sinestro storyline um, what happens in this he, he gets killed and brought back alive which isn't mentioned in the next issue no. so well that's, as that's far, not far as the really sinestro important. stuff
0: goes the sinestro stuff in this isn't doesn't matter no it's irrelevant because the previous issue of Blackest Night ended with Sinestro getting the power of the White Lanterns and the next issue of Blackest Night starts with Sinestro having the power of the White Lanterns yeah. so the Sinestro stuff is irrelevant to yeah, the main story and this is, goes back to you bought this nice big expensive hardcover graphic novel and it ends with To Be Continued
1: which, which
0: would is quite mythic yes, you actually read it would be very very mythic I do love the line what in Mogo's crack is this <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know why isn't Mogo the planet. Yes. The Alan Moore planet. I think so, but it was very funny. They didn't know that. I didn't know. that. I think it's uh, Mogo is the only Green Lantern to be created by Alan Moore.
0: Is he? Mm-hmm.
1: Does Alan Moore not want money for that? I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So, yeah, on the one hand, the, the White Lantern stuff could have just been ignored. Yeah. And you could have written all that as one issue I mean, or maybe a double We didn't size really issue.
1: need to know about the origin of everything since we already knew the origin of Yeah, it, well, people,
0: some people may not.
1: Well, if you've been reading Green Lantern, especially Blackest Night, you would have. But this goes back to maybe new readers will pick this up on the back of the film. Or well, we'll read Blackest Night, thinks it's all been mentioned in Blackest It's Night.
0: not even mentioned in here, is it? All it's the origin mentioned. of the stuff, I think, is. Finally! We've hit the end of the road. We've hit the end of the road. My God. It's been, been a, a long road. It's been a long road, getting from there to here. I was going to go with take that, but no. Oh, well, I don't know to take that one. It's been a long road We've come so far fun, fast, still, so, We've come so far
1: We've And we're not
0: quite sure Where we've been do do I don't do listen to
1: Take that
0: Do, do, do We've had good times do, 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 do You should do the Do, do, do bits Do, do, do We've had success Do, do, do And I don't know The next line
1: Never. But we're glad
0: to be here <laughs> <laughs> Forget where you're coming from.
1: Never. Never. Forget where you've all been. Pretend that it's not
0: That's real. That's the one.
1: Someday.
0: This will all be someone else's dream. This will be someone else's dream. Wow, you are so Robbie Williams. Am I? Yes. Okay. You could be Robbie Williams. That would make me one of the crap ones. So <laughs> 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 that no ever remembers the name. <sighs> Oh, well after that little musical interlude, I'm sure Michael will put some proper tunes in, huh? issue of blackest night part eight the cover sinestro as a white lantern
1: surrounded by rings of many colors and representations from each core i'm quite fond of that cover i quite like that my one. only thing is mm-hmm. do i think sinestro looks a bit dodgy with being bright pink and then he has a white costume
0: no i never really paid it much attention
1: I mean, it's it. like especially his mask because he doesn't wear a mask and it's quite cool when you see his a green lantern and he's wearing a mask
0: mm. Yes, it also makes me think of the old Batman TV show where they would wear masks. Yeah, and it's like but the Riddler doesn't really need a mask because everyone knows who he is, and then the Joker would wear a mask. The Joker was a mask. Yes. <laughs> That's a silly show, but very fun. Very fun. <laughs> uh, the story: Sinestro goes one-on-one with Necron. Given that Sinestro has almost godlike power now, this doesn't bode well for Necron, and Sinestro rips his heart out necron points out that he is in fact death itself so technically he doesn't really need the heart lafleeze takes luther down while necron takes on green lantern and fighty mcfeitenstein ensues dead man inhabits guy Gardner, jet green lantern but not in a you're my prison bitch now way <laughs>
1: there's a lot of that going yeah, there on there is this. a lot of that going
0: on and he tells Hal that if they start necron's heart beating they can end him through sheer force of will... ...Hal Lantern overrides Necron's control over the Black Ring... ...and everyone who is dead but resurrected as a Black Lantern... ...is reborn as a White Lantern. The combined might of everyone who's chose life... ...but not apparently a big fucking television set... ...is more than enough to bring Black Hand back to life. <laughs> i just You've just got that. <laughs> His body rejects Necron... ...and the anti-monitor bursts free from the black power battery necron explodes in a white light and the white rings resurrect a number of people who were previously dead really most sincerely dead including firestorm martian manhunter aquaman hawkman hawk girl and dead man who really isn't very happy about this turn of events no neither am i i was like what you can't do that to dead man no no it's shocking that barry flash is upset that elongated man and his wife are not part of the resurrected which was quite sad yes it was Laugh, Lee's wants what was promised him, and the indigos have vanished with black hand. Back at the gravesite where the story began, Hal realizes that the Black Lantern Batman was not Bruce Wayne, and Bruce is
1: still out there, somewhere. Which will then lead on in to a... Batman: The Return of Bruce Wayne. Presumably. No, a Dan Jurgens tie into that.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. And in a crater just discovered by man, a white power battery glows, leading into the next. Big crossover that
1: DC well, did. Brightest Day. Three things spawn off this. Did they? So Dan Jurgens' Rise of Batman, Fall of Batman, Return of Bruce Wayne. I thought that was Grant Morrison. No, Dan Jurgens did a time, which was about Green Lantern and oh, okay. all of them. You then had uh, your Brightest Day. Yeah. And then you had um, after Maxwell Lord just disappears and mind wipes everyone. You then had a Judd Winnick comic. <laughs> the other thing of
0: Judd Winnix I've ever liked was Return of the Red Hood uh, the cartoon not the comic book series oh okay was that by him yeah he wrote the script for that because it was adapting his comic I quite like that it, it was, was quite fun. good wasn't it yeah. it actually made much more sense than the comics the, the pre or post crisis the Jason no it was the post crisis one Jason Todd was back alive oh, right, following yeah. Infinite Crisis but in the comics doesn't in the film doesn't Rachel al Ghul resurrect him
1: did in the comics did he no. No, he Rachel was just Gould. brought back to life by Superboy Prime, wasn't he? He was just brought back and going mental. Yeah. But um, that film has nothing to do with the crisis. No, as Rachel, as well. Rachel
0: Gould's Jason Isaacs. Is and it? Red, Jason Todd is Jensen Ackles. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And he played Deadpool. Yes, that was quite good. I was quite impressed with that. And Bender was the Joker. Yes, which I didn't like. Did you not? No. Everyone raved about Joe DiMaggio as the Joker. Uh, but for me, A anybody's appeal second to Mark Hamill yeah. and B I just kept hearing Bender and it's like and no I just couldn't accept him as the Joker
1: Well, it may another it unpopular
0: just, opinion from me
1: it may just be me but I get a tad of no, um, I wouldn't say annoyed but it's like when people say oh Heath Ledger's the best Joker. No Mark no, Hamill's Mark Hamill is the best just Joker. Just because you've only seen the Batman yes. films. Mark
0: Hamill is hands down the best Joker. Yeah. The worst Joker is Cesar Romero Maybe. The guy from the 60s TV show—he's just crap. oh Okay. Um, do you have anything to say about this final issue? I'm sure I have a few things to say. I'm about sure this. you'll come up with something. That two-page spread on page two and three of uh, White Lantern Sinestro taking on
1: necron That's is pretty damn cool, right above. Yeah. It. I quite like here that the after Necron dying, the side just falls on the phone just some dude picks it up <laughs> and then turns into Necron and then kills Sinestro. Yes. But he gets better. Um, I like how it also ends where it started, as all these dudes just fall into the big power battery that was in the first issue. Yeah.
0: Full circle. Mm-hmm. The circle. There's another great
1: two page spread of the battle. With
0: everyone. With everybody in, in it. Um, Ivan Reese really is the hurt to George Perez's throne mm-hmm. of how many people can you cram into one page?
1: The bit that I really do like when everyone's turned into a white lantern everyone's turned into really a white like lantern yes again another excellent two page spread and still I am quite fond of animal man and I don't care if he doesn't say anything the fact that he's just the like, fact that he's the
0: yeah. animal man's the all these big heavy hitters green lantern and all the flashes and wonder woman and donna troy and superman and, and the animal man's the
1: I like animal man I know you do and it's nothing to do with grammar no no way, it is um it also when everyone resurrects in my little hardback here. Yes. It is printed on It's four separate pages. Four separate isn't it? pages in the issue I do believe it was a gatefold cover.
0: Yeah. Why couldn't they do that in I don't know. Because they've done gatefold covers in hardbacks before. Ultimates too. Um the absolute all star Batman thing with the nine page spread of the Batcave, wasn't that gatefolded in the tread paperback?
1: Um yeah, it must have be. been. I do, it has to have been. Yeah, I do like what Brian Hitch said about that. What? It's like, they'd just done six pages of that, so Ultimates 2, they were doing it there, and it said, right, I can beat that, and he did not. Yeah, pages. well, and that
0: that's gatefolding in the,
1: the hardcover, isn't it? It's hard as hell to try and open it and yeah, rip it, it out. it is
0: a pain in the ass. So maybe but, that's why they did it this way.
1: Yeah. And also, I like the, um, in reverse flash, just appearing. On every
0: page. Mm. Yeah,
1: very clever. The last thing with Ivan Reese's art here, it's, it's very, very subtle and only I may have noticed it, but his art looks really, not really different but very subtly different. Did somebody else ink these pages? Well, either that, or I think it's subtly changed as the whole, alright, I'm gonna do Brightest Day next, let's make it look slightly different. It's different.
0: There is... See, there you go, you got draw. Drou- Prado. Prado. did the most <coughs> yeah. Yeah, did three to eight... Diff, two different artists inked
1: the prologue and part two. But So, yeah, so there, it isn't a different inker then, is it? No, it's just this, it looks a tad different, especially Aquaman. And... Speaking of which, uh, Ivan Reese has been chosen to illustrate the ongoing Aquaman. I don't think even Ivan Reese can get me to read Aquaman. It's Jeff Jones and Ivan Reese. What well, does Jeff Jones not write? Who's writing The Flash now then? Jeff Jones. Yeah, who draws <laughs> The Flash? <laughs> no one, it's getting done. But um, it, it's subtly changed as well for these two pages in particular. I mean, if you look at that panel of Hot Girl, Girl, it's very Neil Adams. Yes. I'm getting a Neil Adams vibe from that as well. Good Neil Adams, not yes. modern Neil Adams. Not
0: modern Neil Adams. <laughs> His old stuff was better.
1: Yeah, and I, I do like the Superman John John stuff where he's like, John, you're alive. It appears so. Uh, I like John John's. Yes. I've got a soft spot for the Oreo cookie loving Martian. There's also a bit he that I didn't understand with mm. the Maxwell Lord's. oh I will explain okay. this to you what go on say what you were saying okay Kyle Rayner grabs him but Max Guy Lord... no. what did I say you said Kyle Rayner oh yes Guy Gardner <laughs> ties him up but Maxwell Lord gets a nosebleed Guy Gardner forgets who he is, Maxwell Lord disappears. Right, okay. In the Justice
0: League series of the late 80s, yeah. the, the essentially sitcom one, yeah. that you really do need to read because it's very funny, Okay. Maxwell Lord has a latent mind power where he can make people forget stuff or do what he wants them to do. Okay. But when he does it, it causes a nosebleed. Alright. Oh, so he's making Guy Gardner forget him, though. And then disappearing before
1: Guy can remember who he is. I knew something about
0: DC that you didn't know.
1: Yeah, but that's because it's a minor problem I have with Geoff Jones writing in this.
0: Yes, there's no little. There is no explanation for what's going on there. For me, that was a. Oh yeah, I remember that from the Justice League comics. For me, it was a. For you, it was a. So you finally see what I'm talking about.
1: (laughs) Yes, only for this once. But you didn't get the
0: Oreo cookie either, did you? Because that same reason. Yeah. Yeah because it's referencing an era
1: of comic books you've not read.
0: Yeah. Which is fine. You shouldn't have to have read something from 25 years ago.
1: No, just to get a tiny little joke. Yeah. There's something I don't like Um, because I may be the only one but I'm not down with Dead Man being a live man.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm concerned with where they're going to go with that. What's Dead Man when he's not dead? Well, you can argue that Dead Man should have been left alone after Neil Adams finished with him. Neil Adams told the entire story of Dead Man. Mm. And... Who, how he died and who killed him and the story was wrapped up mm. and he should have been left alone after that.
1: Well I do like the odd appearance like if it was just the odd appearance Yeah it.
0: every now and again if he shows up yeah. in like. I do
1: like his appearance in uh, Kingdom Come where he's a skeleton with his clothes falling off him in racks. Because he's dead. Yeah I, I like that appearance. Fair enough.
0: Um, It's an excellent series all told. It's It's got a bit too much in the way of graphic violence for yes. no reason in some places I'm glad you believe me now but it, there's serious flaws in the marketing of it um, the fact that you had to make me a reading order um, Crisis on Infinite Earth, which this is trying so hard to be I prefer it in scope if not in content didn't need a reading order other than it started at 1 and finished at 12 um, but my big issues is just one of fatigue to be honest Mm. with you ever since identity crisis the dc universe has been one long uninterrupted and tiring series of event stories of which this was just the latest it's not that it wasn't any good it was very good but as much of it as it as much as it ends it sets up the next big crossover which is brightest day and after that war of the green lanterns and there's no respite um, plus oh. milking the small audience you've got doesn't strike
1: me as a very good business plan. But aren't Marvel doing that too? No, they, I would argue. They, but they're doing big thing after another. They've got... You had your Civil War. Hmm. And then you went for your... Whatever big thing was after that. Was Siege or Secret Invasion? Uh, uh, secret Invasion. Then you had your thing. And then you had Siege. And then you had your... Your Iron Man thing were most wanted. And then you had your, um death of Johnny Storm, and you've got your Messiah complex, and you've got your upcoming Spider Island, and then you've got your upcoming next big thing planned out, and then you've got a big X-Men thing planned out now. Well, all right. Well, here's my counterpoint argument to that. All All right. right. Uh, At
0: the moment, the only DC book I am buying regularly is Zaytana. Yes, and that's only because I'm here. Well, yes, but the minute that becomes embroiled in some big crossover, I'm dropping it.
1: Really? Yes.
0: The minute that becomes part four of a multi-part storyline that's books I don't have to read, it's going.
1: What now? it is on. merely a small crossover, like the odd issue of Ultimatum? We'll see. Novels? I'll consider it. Now, with all the things you just said... Right. Okay. Civil War, Civil which War. I
0: hated, but... The main books I read at DC Marvel is obviously Amazing Spider-Man and there's other ones as well. Mm. But with Amazing Spider-Man, you could read the Amazing Spider-Man book and you could know that Civil War was going on, but you didn't have to read it to read Amazing Spider-Man. Maybe and Vicky at Burkey. one point. Well, yeah. Vicky Verkey, you could read Civil War and not be reading
1: Amazing Spider-Man. No. Okay. The Death of Johnny Storm's well, not well, a, a company-wide event. I'm going to have to counterpoint you again on that okay. Spider-Man Civil War thing. You kind of have to read all of... Maybe not all of it, but most of his No, you just stuff. have to know that he's outed himself, and
0: I hate that, outed himself. You just have to know that he's he's come clean with his secret identity.
1: That's all you need well, to know. Well, well, you got the question of why. Which goes to the Straczynski run when he befriends Tony Stark. Yes, but it explains it in that run. Okay. All right.
0: And then from then... The Amazing Spider-Man book, any time Spider-Man has crossed over into one of these big stories like Secret Invasion or whatever the other ones were, yeah. it's not been in the main Spider-Man books. It's been a separate Spider-Man mini-series, Dark Reign. Yeah. So I've been able to read Amazing Spider-Man untouched by all these other events that are going on. And that's the difference. You can't have just been reading Green Lantern here and not known what's going on with Blackest Night. Because you, you're like, I don't understand what's going on here anymore. Yeah. Whereas Amazing Spider-Man's done its own thing. That's the difference.
1: But there's also another thing with, um, what if they do do their own thing? <laughs> Do-do. 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 Say um, Final Crisis Green Lantern mm. was Final Crisis Green Lantern. It was its own issue. It was very really but even though it being its own thing, it did then carry on to the Rage the Red Lantern story. Which is fine.
0: It was well tying into Final Crisis.
1: On the other events. and If a member
0: of the Fantastic Four was to die, hmm. to have it not mentioned in some of the other
1: books would seem a bit silly. But then even with the touching thing... Um... <laughs> <laughs> not in a bad way. No, with this Final Crisis Rage the Red Lanterns, it takes as one long thing it's you start off with you Rage the Red Lanterns it goes straight into um Agent Orange and or straight into Black Knight there is no stop from there on no it's a continuous but it touches narrative. into Final Crisis where Hal Jordan plays quite a big part where he's kept upon oh ah oh ah yeah oh ah this thing with touching where characters are like in two places at once yeah, see, hmm.
0: I don't think they're ever going to do a crossover that pleases us both, seems to be the moral of No, even this, there's there's elements did of it. Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it, it pleases both. I have to say, I, I didn't loathe it. And I was actually quite impressed with a number of things. Well, John's is a good writer. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think he should be allowed anyone near Superman,
1: <laughs> to be honest with you. I think the big thing was Ivan Reese's artwork. Because Blackest Night is better than Green Lantern. Blackest Night. Mm. Is he not drawing Green Lantern regularly? He, yeah, he is. Is he? He's doing... Um, he did Blackest Night. He, I think he did Brightest Day. And he's doing War of the, uh, the Green Lanterns. Oh, okay. No. Right, well, that's it. It is. Three entire episodes. I feel, I feel empty now. I don't know
0: what to do oh we've got stuff to do there's always another there's always a bigger fish to quote Qui-Gon jin okay excellent um, at this moment in time we have no idea what next week's episode is going to be no. but given that we've recorded this three weeks in advance we we'll have plenty weeks, of time yeah we've two weeks to worry about we that we
1: can have a break as well
0: we haven't even had the royal wedding in real life yet no I couldn't give a toss. I get a day off school. Yeah, yeah so I'm going to get a day off work. Brilliant. Yeah. They get married every day for me. I could muster up some enthusiasm if it meant more time off work. We will see you. We won't see you. No. You will hear us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next time. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Hello, lovely people. And welcome to a very special podcast extra. Woo and indeed who. It was brought to my attention that the episode we did covering our thoughts on the Thor film, which came out before it did in America, so we did a little chat on the way home, the extended family were all involved in this, Um, it was drawn to my attention that I did not put this up, and there's a very simple reason for this. For once, I didn't cock up. I didn't actually have a copy of that episode. For some reason, it had disappeared out into the internet ether, never, I thought, to be heard from again. However, the mighty Dave Walker, hi Dave, has managed to back up every single copy of Hey Kids Comics, because he's just that loyal. And he provided me with a copy of said bit of footage that previously was thought lost to the ages. So, if you didn't listen to this originally, when it went up as an extra special 10 minute long episode in between the Blackest Night episodes, I'm going to tag it at the end of Blackest Night 3, which you've just listened to. Meaning that this is the first time the Two True Freaks Network has had exclusive content! Granted, it's just exclusive content of me telling you that it's something that was previously released. But think of it as being like when they released that that version of The Cage on video that had black and white bits and colour bits, with Gene Roddenberry at the beginning and the end telling you what was going on. And then they suddenly released a colour version that they happened to find in the middle of nowhere. It's just a money-grabbing exercise, basically. So anyway, we hope you enjoy this. What was our initial thoughts on the Thor film? Thank you for listening. Bye
1: bye. Hey Kids Comics.
0: Hello. Welcome to a very special Hey Kids Comics Easter special. I'm Andrew Leyland. I'm Michael Leyland. And I apologise for the audio quality, but we're just walking home from the cinema where we've just seen Thor. You know what we should have called it? What? Hey kids, more comics. (laughs) Hey kids, comics. Extra not good enough. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so if you haven't seen Thor, or you're waiting to see Thor, be aware that there will probably be spoilers ahead. It's not going to be a long episode, we only have to walk home for 20 minutes, so it won't be very much. First up, there was the trailers. What was the first one?
1: You don't remember, do you? No. It was X-Men. Yes, was. What did you think of the trailer for X-Men? I promise him. You reckon? It looks better than the, um, the first, well, the three X-Men films anyway. See, I mean, I've heard people say
0: that they bled the fun out of the Batman movies, but I think Bryan Singer bled the fun out of the X-Men movies long before Christopher Nolan got all the Batman, and I don't think that one looks any different. The second one was good. The second one was good, because the second one was a Wolverine film that happened to have the other X-Men in it. Well yeah. So that one's a professor X Film. I'm indifferent to X Men first class. Following on from that was what was next? America, no, Captain America was third. It was Captain, America. Captain America wasn't first. So the second was. It was Captain America. Uh, all right, all right. The trailer for Captain America was next. I'm pretty sure that it wasn't. What love? It was Green Lantern. See, it was Green Lantern. Okay. Your Lantern. sister knew that it was Green Lantern. So the second trailer is Green Lantern. Now we have with us two fantastically large Green Lantern fans. One of which is Michael. One of which is Anya. Say hello, Anya. Hello. What did you think of the trailer for Green Lantern, Anya? good. You thought it was good, did you? Did you just think it was good because it was Hal Jordan? No. No? Why not? What did you think was good about it? Mm. Excellent critical faculties that I've developed in my daughter, though. All right, large Green Lantern fan, what did you think of the trailer for Green Lantern? I don't like it.
1: Why not? It doesn't look like a Green Lantern film. Why
0: not? It just doesn't. I think it looks much, much better than Captain, than, not Captain America, than X-Men. I think X-Men just looks like dullness. Like Alright, okay, fair enough Next was a trailer for Captain America None of these trailers are any different to what you can see on the internet but it was pretty cool to see him on the big screen What do you think of the trailer for Captain America? It looks promising I think it looks pretty good yes. Following on with the Marvel tradition
1: oh, oh, oh. And Gary's right, he does look scrawny
0: well, he's supposed to look scrawny at the beginning. Uh, then, there was a trailer for Pirates of the Caribbean 4. I have as much interest in seeing Pirates of the Caribbean 4 as I had in seeing Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and 3, so we don't give a rat's ass about that. Unless you have something to say about Pirates of the Caribbean 4. No. Did you like any of the other Pirates of the Caribbean movies? No. Oh my gosh, sir. No, they would. Well, Adam likes the Lego, apparently. Okay. We're just going to take a short break while we go into some shops. And then when we come back, we'll be talking about the Mighty Thor. Comic books. an hard form, early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads or penetration, which sounds a bit rude. We can make them better than they were before. Better, stronger, faster. Again, we're warning, spoilers will follow. So the best thing to do, download this one, save it so you've seen the film. Okay, let's talk about the film. What did you think of the first bit? The first bit? Yeah, all the Asgard stuff at the beginning. I thought it looked cool. I thought it was brilliant. I thought the Asgard stuff was really well realised. I love the Rainbow Bridge. Yeah. I love the Warriors 3. Yeah. Uh, in fact, there's very little about it I didn't like. I suppose we have to do full disclosure. I know very little about Thor. I know even less. So I've read like bits and pieces growing up, so I know that whosoever shall wield the hammer, should he prove worthy, will wield the power of thought. Which kind of changed as the series went on, because that implied that Donald Blake had the power of thought and wasn't actually thought himself, didn't it? Donald Blake or. Well, that's it. But later on, Stan changed it so he was actually Thor. Now, in this film, there is no Donald Blake. He's mentioned. He's mentioned, and and at some point, Thor uses Donald Blake as an alias. But he doesn't actually change into Donald Blake like he does in the comics. So, the first 25 or 30 minutes is all set on Asgard, and is the battle with the Frost Giants. Which is cool. Which is excellent, isn't it? Yeah. It's really good. Chris Helmsworth is brilliant, I saw. In fact, I didn't have a problem with any of the cast really, except possibly
1: Idris Elba as Heimdall. Well, there was a big thing with that where a bunch of um, white extremists went and did a huge uh, ramping against the producers and stuff to change him all to a white dude. What, well, because they'd cast a black actor? Yeah. Well, that wasn't... My problem with it, it wasn't that. My problem was he seemed a bit stiff. But he
0: redeems himself, doesn't he? Yeah, but he's As the film goes on. A bit stiff. I th- yeah, I think he is. So that that worked okay. He was the only one I initially had a few problems with. I thought, ooh, compared to the... Because all the others are like hard-drinking... Big eating warriors And they're all Over the top of it And then Idris Elba Was a bit stiff Compared to everyone else But he does redeem himself As the, as the film goes on Doesn't he mm-hmm. Very good So the first 25 minutes Set in Asgard Are brilliant Anthony Hopkins Is fantastic Anthony Hopkins As wasn't Odin he, Wasn't he C3 No that was uh, Anthony Daniels Who Anthony Hopkins Odin Yes I know that Yeah he's an actor Has he played anyone else uh, Hannibal Lecter Have you heard of Hannibal Lecter? Yes, I have. So, he was really good, as Odin. Um, The film then kicks into high gear after the battle with the Frost Giants, where Loki is manipulating Thor all the way through it. Oh, that's what I got from the beginning of it. Yes. Did you think that?
1: It's not as clever as what he did in the Straczynski run, but...
0: Well, we'll talk about the comic bit in a minute, but my my interpretation from the beginning... See, the problem going into this from the beginning is I know Loki's a bad guy. Whereas the film is structured in such a way that that's a big reveal... So if you don't know that going in, if you don't know anything about the comics, the fact that Loki turns out to be a bad guy, this is a reveal, a plot point. Whereas for us, I got the impression from the beginning that he was manipulating him into doing what he was doing for his own purposes, which in this case was Invade. What was the name of the place where the Frost Giants live? Yeah, that's the one. So, to invade the, even though Thor... I mean, let's face it, Thor didn't need much prodding. Yeah. And to go and do that, did he? But the battle with the Frost Giants was fantastic. Um, the whole 25-minute, 30-minute opening is very Lord of the Rings and is done very well. After that, Thor's cast out and sent to Earth where he meets up with Natalie Portman, who plays Jane Foster. Mm-hmm. The middle section of the film splits into two where it's set up that Thor's exiled on Earth while Loki's doing his machinations back on Asgard.
1: Did you like the Earth stuff? I don't like S.H.I.E.L.D. Why don't you like S.H.I.E.L.D.? Because the play is because of the way the films are structured you have Iron Man, from the point of view, Tony Stark, so Shield would be the good guys. But Thor is from another point of view, so Shield's the bad guys. Well, yeah,
0: towards the end of it, the guy playing Agent Coulson's very good. Has he been in all now? yeah right. Was he in Hulk? No. I don't remember. But shield was in Hulk. Apart from at the very end, where Tony Stark came and said, "I represent Shield." Yeah. Okay. So the middle section of the film details Thor's exile. Um, it's mm, it picks up a bit when the Warriors 3 show up on Earth yeah and I love the juxtaposition of the three of them walking down the middle of small town America all dressed in the regalia that was pretty cool yes is that all you have to say about that yes yeah, I, I thought you were carrying um, on the stuff with Natalie Portman's fine she looks good Then Stellan Starsguard is good as um, Eric something is that is that name a comic name no. Is it? Because at some point... Of them were in the comics. At some point, I'm sure Thor yes. took on another alias that wasn't Donald Blake. I think in the Dan Juergens run in the 90s. And I'm sure his name was Eric something. So I don't know about... That. They do the dude with thing. big mask thing. I
1: can't remember. He wasn't Thor at all. He was some dude stepping in for Thor. Was he? Yes. See, I'm not as... I've only ever
0: read the Walt Simonson run. Right. Really. Um, obviously, the Destroyer shows up. He was fantastic. He was, uh, the Destroyer looks straight out of the comics. It's a fantastic piece of work, the Destroyer stuff. And obviously a big fight ensues before Thor gets to go back to Asgard and take it and give up a big fight with Loki. So we're not giving much away, though. There's a brilliant cameo in the middle. Let's start with not from Stanley. I'm on about the cameo of another Avenger oh, I can't, I can't. yeah that was fantastic I didn't know that was in there at all
1: yeah no well, I mean you know, a... I, I was just going to say did you know about that and Bruce Banner was to that yes there
0: was mention of a scientist who was the head of the Gamma Project who then disappeared yeah, and Stark was into that and Stark was mentioned yeah. is this one of Stark's yeah when the Destroyer first shows up so they're obviously tying together all the loose ends in preparation for the Avengers movie Something Warner Brothers can't do. Something Warner Brothers are completely unable to do. Um, in terms of the credits, Kenneth Brand directed it. I was interested to see it said story by J. Michael Straczynski.
1: It did. Now, it you've said, read the Straczynski run. It is purely based on that. Percentage. Is it? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I spotted
0: stuff from the Jack Kirby comics that I read as a kid which is pretty much the basis
1: of my knowledge of thought. Yeah. So is that is the entire Straczynski storyline. The New Mexico bits, the Exile bits, the Destroyer bits, they're all straight, oh, the Frost Jam bits are all straight out of Straczynski. Right, so is that why you got the story by credit? Yes. <laughs> because Olivia because... Coppola also got credit.
0: Crazy, right. Well, see, I thought the costume. Normally, you get a little nod towards what the sleeveless one would have looked like, but as an adaptation of the current costume, I thought it was pretty good. The thing I thought they did, they went out of the way to make Thor flying not look like Superman. Did they? Did you not think that? Yeah, He would, he would fly with, he made it quite clear the hammer was what was enabling him to fly. I and mean, Mjolnir looks brilliant. Yeah. It looks straight out of the comic. Um, so, in flying, he doesn't land like Superman, he doesn't fly like Superman. Because I think that must have been something that was on the mind. Here's a guy that flies and he was a red cape.
1: Yeah.
0: So, it must be something that what? they were thinking about. I can't fly. Well, he flies with the help of Mjolnir. Well, that is the thing that's flying, yeah, that drags so him. I do think that that was something they must have thought about, and they did a really good job of that. All told, I thought it was really good. It was good. The end credits, which are quite lengthy, have an extra after credits bit that changes the entire ending of the film, so you need to stick around for that. There are some unscrupulous people, like Bleeding Cool, who have put this end credit scene on on the internet already and it will ruin the ending for you if you watch that before you see the film. So I'm warning you all to stay away from that now. No, did it. Well, listen to the podcast now has just ruined the ending for them if they've listened to this. Yes but we haven't told them what the ending is. But
1: you just told them Well that that yes but, it.
0: but we have told them also to avoid listening to this till they've seen the film. So if they've got any Alright, okay. If you watched the film but you left before the credits finished well, you're quite frankly wrong for doing that. All those people were really hard to bring you that movie, and you should have sat through the end credits. I paid attention to then,
1: every person yes,
0: every single one. Then of. you can go and have a look at the one that's online. Oh, one thing I did like: Stanley and Jack Kirby got credited, even though. Well, they created the character, I suppose. Well, you see, I don't know about Thor, because technically he's only adapting Norse mythology, so who yeah. really created the
1: character. Yeah. And Thor's a lot different from what he was in the comics, anyway. Yes, so so, was. All told, where does that rank for
0: you on the pantheon of Marvel movies?
1: Just under Iron Man. And is
0: Iron Man your favourite? Yeah, that's on the top. Right. My favourite's the Hulk. Is it? <laughs> well, that'll come in third on my list. But, uh, my favourite's the Ed Norton Hulk. So far... For me, that's the one that's best captured the feel of the comics. Now, this one, because I don't know a lot about Thor, I thought was really entertaining. Mm. So we're now going to get the opinions of people who do not know anything about the comics. Adam, what did you think of the Thor movie?
1: Meh. It was good. Yeah.
0: That's all you have to say about it. Meh. It was good. Mm, Meh. No. Did you like any bits in particular? No.
1: We're not
0: a report from them. <laughs> that's the, that's your critical opinion. That wasn't me. Okay.
1: The big robot dude. who the wasn't really. Yeah, it wasn't really a robot. You, you, I thought that was great. Okay. What do you want to do to destroy him? Shove a pole in his back. Yeah,
0: I thought that was quite
1: good. <laughs> it was quite funny.
0: Okay, the opinion of women, which is very important with with comic book films. What did you think of it? I thought it was good. But is it your favourite Marvel comic-y type movie? I don't know. The others being like Daredevil and Ghost Rider and the Incredible Hulk and Iron Man and <laughs> Ghost Rider. And... I didn't mind Ghost Rider. <laughs> uh, right, okay. So that was it. It was good. I enjoyed it. That's that's all we have to say on on that. What do you think?
1: Mm, it was good.
0: Did you enjoy the Natalie Portman bits? Yeah. She was Padme Amidala in Star Wars. Oh. Is that where you knew her from? She was... No. What was your favourite bit? Because Adam said his favourite bit was the Destroyer. So was my man. Was that your favourite bit as well? Yeah. Okay. Not the bit where Thor tried to break in and get me all near out? Yeah. Because I think that was my favourite bit.
1: All right, well, there's your opinion. Five
0: people, two of which know the comics, one of which knows it better than the other one. That would be you. I thought it would be you. Nah, not really. I thought it was you. Well, generally, I would agree with that. <laughs> Uh, so, I hope you've enjoyed this special Hey Kids Comics extra. Bye. Bye. Hey Kids Comics is a The Devil Will Find Work for Idle Hands to Do production. All music used in the show is copyright by their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. Michael and Andrew make no money from this. They do it simply for fun.
1: And because they have too much
0: spare time. Ah. The opinions of Michael and Andrew expressed in this show are the opinions of Michael and Andrew and nobody else. We can be emailed on heykidscomics at virginmedia.com and our website is ww.haykidscomics.webspace dot com. You can friend us on Facebook by going to Hey Kids, all one name, comics, all one name. And now it's time to pick up our bottomless brown bag. Don an ill-advised polyester shirt and beige bell-bottoms and hitchhike down the loneliest road we can find, all the while trying to find a way to control the raging spirit that dwells within. You be good to yourself, my friends.